Good morning, everybody. Welcome to my YouTube channel. I'm Dr. Angel Storm. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am being joined today with some very special guests. I am here with Rachel Workman and also Justin Akers, and we are here to talk to you guys today about spiritual authority. We are going to cover everything from what it is to why you need it and why it's so important, especially if you're in a court situation. So Rachel and Justin, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for uh, having us. Yes, I am excited to talk to you guys and discuss this topic. Rachel, you had actually brought it up that maybe we should, you know, talk about this and maybe um, not everybody who watches uh, our channel or knows about our uh, work that we do, any of us um, uh, would know about spiritual authority. And this is actually a super important premise of uh, of everything. Justin, you're a pastor. And so everything that you do has to do with, you know, taking, being able to use, implement your spiritual authority. And Rachel, as coaches, we use this all of the time, especially when uh, clients are, uh, involved in a court case. If you don't have it, you know, like I said, rule number one, you're either winning or losing in the spirit. So you're either going to win in court there first or, or not. Right. And so, um, it's a really important topic. So where would you guys like to begin with this? Rachel, I'll let you take that one. All right. Well, I will jump right in. Um, so one of the biggest things I was thinking about when I was going through my process was uh, the promises of God, right? So there's so many promises that we have through scripture. There's over 8,000, but about 7,000 plus that deal with God's promises to humans. And so how do you get there, right? How do you obtain these promises? And it really starts with possession, right? We can't just read the word and say, okay, here's a promise. You have to possess it. Just like the Israelites had to possess the land. God had promised it to them, but they had to do the work. So what does the work look like to possess these promises, to walk in that authority and to walk in all of the God-given um rights that you have, right? So through salvation and through a relationship with him, we have covenant, we have so many things available to us so that we have authority, but how do you get there? And getting there looks like so many things. It looks like surrender. It looks like obedience. Um, it looks like intimacy, that secret place with God. If you're not doing those things, then we can't even possess what we, what we have available to us. That's really good. Justin? Yeah, the, um, you, you touched something really important right there. Um, and it really comes down to the heart. We, we always have to approach things with such a great uh, uh, place of humility um, because that's really a key to authority. It's not our authority anyway. It uh, belongs to Christ, but we operate through that authority. So as a born-again, blood-bought, believer, then we enter into the authority that Christ has paid for. And the way that we can do that is, is through that humility, through that right heart. And when we don't, um, when we allow pride to rise up, when we allow selfish motive to rise up, when we allow uh, ourself to rise up, uh, then it actually blocks that authority. It, it is the, uh, the dam or the roadblock to allowing God's authority to flow through our life. But I think a lot of believers, they... Um, do not understand their authority um, for a variety of reasons. One, I think there's been a lot of bad teaching. There's been a lot of lack of teaching uh, there, but there's also been a lot of 
um, imbalanced teaching where people uh, had gotten too far the other direction where they thought they had authority for everything. And there's such great power in understanding your authority when you understand the realm of where that authority is. And if you step out of that realm uh, of authority uh, and it doesn't work um, because you don't have the authority in, in another area, uh, then it's, it's disappointing, it's disillusioning. And I think a lot of people deal on that side where they've, they've prayed for things or they've commanded things or whatever, and it didn't work because they were not in their uh, proper aligned place. So I think the authority is a, a very, very vast subject uh, and something that is very needed in the church right now. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. You know, I, um, I've heard it said like this, like you can have access to something, but that doesn't mean that you can actually, like what you were talking about, Rachel, possess it. You know, you could have access to all of the promises, but if you don't have the uh, character, knowledge, spiritual depth, relationship, whatever it is, t in order to actually hold on to it, then all you're going to be left with is, you know, the, the word. So essentially, you know, in the natural realm, if I, if I know that something is supposed to be mine, let's say I was left something in a will and I know that that's supposed to be mine. If I don't understand the process that I need to go through in order to turn that piece of paper into the actual possession, right? So all I have will just be left with this piece of paper that says, yes, I'm, I'm due, you know, whatever the, the amount or thing item is, right? So I, I know that legally I have what I need in order to get that thing, but if I don't know the process and if I don't have the, the knowledge and the connections that I need in order to walk that thing out, all I'm left with is a piece of paper. And that's so many people, and they uh, use the word, right, the Bible as like, well, this is mine, and I can have whatever it says I can have. And that's true, that's the tr that is true, but it doesn't translate into anything. It doesn't actually look like something. Yeah, absolutely. And Angel, you and I talked a lot about too, is getting, getting to the outcome, getting to, um, the promise, right, also requires being able to be tested, to be tried, and to prove that when you get it, you can sustain it, right? You're not going to squander it. And mm. that's a big principle. Yeah, that's so good. You know, it's, I, I always say, like, the real thing doesn't care if you test it, right? So if, just because I go, let's say I go to medical school and now I'm a medical doctor, that's great that that title is tested every single day as i treat patients as i see people as people come in and say this doctor said this or i have you know this is my second third fourth opinion that i'm coming here to get the real thing doesn't mind you testing it you can go ahead and test it over and over and over and it still comes out as the real thing and that's exactly what we're talking about in the promise as it as it as it relates to actually possessing it there's a process and the people who um, are meant to have it, which is all of us. We all have the strength. We all have the same spirit, the same grace available to us to possess every single promise. But the people who actually do it and who end up with the authority don't mind the process. People who are not willing to become to that level of dedication, which really has to do with will, it has to do with submission. It has to do with with you know not understanding how to use your free will to a higher cause. Then they they will not be willing to withstand that process to get it. 
Um, I, I want to throw in a, a disclaimer real quick. Um, if the two of you hear yourself quoted by me um, in sermons, uh, I will try to give you credit at least the first two times <laughs> I quote you. Uh, after that, I'm not sure. But um, I love what you said, Rachel. It, once you once you get it, you you have to be able to sustain it. And, and that, that's a, a, a very powerful concept right there because you know, just because you have something, uh, actually the, the combination of what both of you said, just because you have something doesn't mean you know how to use it. It doesn't mean you know how to possess it. It doesn't mean you know how to utilize it. I was listening to a story recently and because um, you know, we, we look at life and we look at someone who's very financially blessed and we say, well, uh, a lot of people will say, I wish I was born like that. You know, I wish I was born into a, a family with money or whatever. Um, so I was reading this story and it was about a, a, a black gentleman that graduated high school, um, went to work as a parking lot attendant uh, at 18 years old. And when he got his first check, he went down to one of the investment, um, um, local investment places. I don't remember if it was Edward Jones or Charles Schwab or Merrill Lynch or whatever it was. And he goes into this advisor and he says, I'm not uh, a very smart man and I may not amount to much in life, but I wanna do something. I wanna protect my future when I retire. Can you help me? And the guy said, sure, I'll help you. And he said, every check, come down and see me and we're gonna put a percentage of your check in these mutual funds. Well, fast forward uh, some 30 years, 35 years, I believe it was, the man retires and he was still a parking lot attendant. So he retired making $15 an hour. And upon retirement, he was a multimillionaire. He was worth, I believe it was either 10 or $15 million because of every paycheck was put into this investment from the time he was 18 years old. My point is this, when you have a, a young man uh, that's at the time, probably wasn't making four or $5 an hour. And then you have another one over here doing the same thing, but it's life choices. We, we have something that is equally available here. We have an opportunity. We just have to know how to use what opportunity we have. Spiritually, it's the same way. God gives us uh, the availability of his grace, of his power, of his authority, uh, of, of his supernatural um doors to open. He gives us this, but we have to learn um, who we are through Christ. We have to learn really who he is uh, to learn who we are and how to access uh, the, the grace, how to access the supernatural uh, favor of the Lord. Um, so it is, it is uh, available, um, but the key is to learn how to get so close to the Lord that we understand how to actually access it, how to possess it. Uh, I've been stuck kind of on Joshua lately. And, you know, the Israelites came out of Egypt and they were supposed to go possess the land. But when they saw the giants in the land, they were all afraid and they refused to go in with the exception of Joshua and Caleb. Some 40 years later, when Moses dies and there's a new generation up, uh, God tells Joshua, he says, my servant Moses is dead. Now the land is here. It's time to possess it. Everywhere your foot treads, I'm going to give to you. I'll drive out your enemies before you. Now go possess it. And so there had to be this implementation. There had to be this understanding 
that the Jordan may be flooded, but we've got to walk across it. Jericho may be a fortified city, but we've got to uh, follow God's strategy and march around it. And this is where a lot of people today um, in our generation, there's a sense of entitlement. There's a, a very high sense of, um, uh, let me use the word lethargy uh, to be polite. Uh, and, and it translates over into spiritually as well. Oh, and, and we need to understand that we need to stand up. We need to go in and possess our promise. And when we need to know the timing and when God's timing is there and we know that his grace is there for it, there's no giant, there's no demon, there's no devil, there's no obstacle, there's no entity that can hold a candle to the power of God. And if God's called us to possess something, there's nothing in this world that can stop it. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. You know, actually, there is really a spirit of lethargy in the earth right now. Like literally the two weeks ago or last week, um, was it last week? I can't remember, but but literally, I cause, because I couldn't get anything done around here. And it's because I live in Texas and the um, weather was below, um, I don't know, how cold it got. I don't know, maybe it was in the 20s, but it might have been 40s, who knows. But anyway literally everything shut down and i was literally so frustrated about it because there wasn't even ice on the road and i asked god i was like what is that he's like that's the spirit of lethargy that's what you're coming into opposition against you made a very interesting comment when that happened because there was a threat of of ice and snow and so businesses close everywhere and you made a very interesting comment to me uh, about that and you said that it came in during COVID. yeah it did it and came in during COVID. It, it, and, and, and that is so true. The last two years, we've seen this progress so fast. Uh, my wife and I went to a restaurant the other day. We were doing some shopping and uh, we stopped by a restaurant that, that we will frequent, just a little sandwich shop. And when I'm walking up to the door, there are leaves and trash all out by the front door. And one of the workers is sitting over uh, at one of the outside tables. And I look at this and I'm thinking, this should not be. Uh, and there sure should not be a worker sitting out here with this in this condition we walk in the door and i look around and there were two other customers there and every single table was full of dirty dishes and and, and napkins and i looked at my wife and i said uh i'm out of here uh, there's no way i'm going to eat here and the workers i can see them through the the window uh they're back in the back just laughing and playing and and th this was uh just absolutely absurd to me uh, that you could let a, a place be like this. And the whole deal was that uh, my guess would be that they did not want to wait on customers. So they left the tables intentionally dirty so they would have no room for uh, more patrons. You know, so whenever this type of thing comes in, there's always an opportunity. Number one, like this is so frustrating and um, that's exactly right. It came in during COVID and now it's like acceptable to have what was normally not acceptable right we would never imagine just not working for weeks at a time we would never just imagine like shutting our business down and not having income coming in but this came in during covid where it's acceptable and literally it's if it's not covid it's okay for it to be like another thing right like the in this instance which is that there was the threat of potential ice, which there wasn't any ice, but there was the concept of like, there could potentially at some point be ice, which there wasn't. But um, but it's like, then that's enough to like shut down everything. And 
when this comes in, because I, I literally was like, what is happening right now? And that's another thing too about spiritual authority is that you, if you think, oh, that's just the way things are, you're never going to have authority over that thing. You're just going to be in acceptance. You're going along with the flow. You're not having authority over it. And so uh, you can ask the Lord to show you why something is happening. You have the mind of Christ. He wants, this is moving closer into the counsel of God where you can actually see why these things are happening and you can get the higher strategy uh, and the insight. Anyway, um, so I said to God, you know what, what is this? Why is this now happening? And, um, and if there's one thing I hate, it's like people who are saying they're going to do something. If I have to follow up on adults, it's like literally my number one thing following up on adults. Why am I doing it? Like, did you say this is your business? You're the one who set your business hours. Why, why are you now closing? Anyway, um, so I said, okay, like this is obviously it's happening. It's happening not just from one place. So it wasn't just that one thing. So what's going on? And that's what God told me, the spirit of lethargy. But when this comes in, there's always an opportunity to not be that then, right? To not be that. So all of the businesses who are like, nope, we're never doing that. We're always going to be open. We're showing up every day. Like this is still a place of like normal business. Um, that those people have that, that, that those people with that mindset, those people with that work ethic have the opportunity to rise to the top and to actually gain authority in this time, just because they were doing what they were already doing. They're already doing it. It's not that they're doing it. They're just doing it when everybody else is doing something else, which is exactly what you were talking about with Caleb and Joshua. They were already doing the thing. And, but the, everybody went in, all 12 of those people went in. They all saw the exact same thing. And what happened was when they got out of that situation, Caleb and Joshua still stuck to what, they, what the knowledge was that they had before they went into it. And this is exactly what this is. Before COVID, before all of this stuff, everybody had agreed this is the way to do life. This is the way we run it. This is the way that things function and work in our society and in our country. And the people who still have stuck to that, regardless of what they've just gone through, are the people who are rising to the top, who have authority over it, even that the, all they're doing is the same thing that they did before they went into it. So a lot of times I think we, we misunderstand or we make it more complicated than what it is. Is there a trial? Yeah, there's a trial, right? It's, it's I'm still open when everybody else is shutting down. I'm still having my life functioning while everybody else is out here like, you know, doing whatever they're doing. They're not in an agreement with the way that things should be. They're not in agreement with the order. And so just by simply being it, the way that I have been this entire time when all the nonsense comes in, when the storm is raging, you know, the wind and the waves are, are calling out for your attention. It's still doing what you were doing before that thing happened. That's what Jesus was doing. He had authority over it because he was sleeping before it happened. He's sleeping during it. And now he's getting woken up to calm it. And he was the only one who had the authority to do it because he wasn't partnering with it. He was doing what he was doing before that thing came. Um, it didn't, it, that thing didn't shake, didn't, um, shake him, didn't shift his mindset. It didn't shift his, um, uh, understanding or perception of who God was or who he was. He was still the one who, who created it. He was still the one who had authority over it. And he knew that. So anyway, I think like sometimes we m make things more complicated than what they really are. It's, it's letting your yes be yes and your no be no. This is a spiritual principle. Yeah, and if you go yeah. back to uh, 
you go back to Joshua and you see what he was doing before all of that, it says that he was always in the tent of meeting. He always stayed there. That's the secret place, right? That's the, that's the thing that the people don't see as far as like what you're doing. You should be so intimate with God that you have these strategies, that you have the ability to see beyond, to see beyond what's happening in the natural and to be like, no, I'm well able. I was actually born to do this. So I'm going to take this on. And these giants, yeah, we're not like grasshoppers in their sight. It's the other way around. Let's go take what's ours. And I, and I think that goes all the way back to those foundational principles of he was there. He was in the presence of God. He allowed that to be priority number one. You know, That's I, really um, good. I have several thoughts here. Uh, number one, uh, the okay, so whenever you do just what you do, uh, and then everyone else sets the bar lower, then you automatically stand out. And this is in, in business, this is in, in, in a job, this is in ministry, whatever it is. When everybody else sets the bar lower, then just doing the normal causes you to appear as if uh, you are actually performing with excellence whenever you're just going through the, the norm. So um, I really like the way you put that, Angel, because we are supposed to be uh, with a spirit of excellence. We're supposed to go above and beyond. And at this point, you're right. This is such a great opportunity uh, in ministry. This is a great opportunity in business. This is a great opportunity uh, on, a, on a job. Um, if I was the owner of a Fortune 500 company, and I look and I see a department over here that is uh, clean. It is running efficiently. They are, are producing uh, uh, head and shoulders above everyone else. Well, that gets my attention. If I look at another one that is uh, unkept and, and not producing, that gets my attention. And so, you know, spiritually, it's the same way. The, the principles of life uh, correlate so much to the spiritual concept. And there is a mentality of que sera, sera uh, with a lot of believers that what will be will be. Uh, everything that happens is God's will. Um, I personally do not uh, carry that theology. Uh, I think that James uh, corrected that theology because people were blaming every bad thing on God. And in James chapter one, he says, all good things come from God. Um, so when we just take the assumption that whatever happens, that it was God's will that I had a flat tire. It was God's will that uh, I was diagnosed with cancer. It was God's will that, uh, that a COVID pandemic uh, hit America. Um, that idea and, and that mentality uh, does not align to scripture but it creates a defeatist mentality of whatever happened, it's, it's going to happen anyway. There's nothing I can do to change it. There's no point in fighting. There's no point in resisting. Uh, and that is not spiritually uh, uh, accurate. Um, and and you know, when you think about Joshua, I, I love what you said, Rachel, because Joshua was right there at the tent of meeting. So why did Joshua become the one to lead Israel. Why did God choose Joshua? Why didn't he choose Achan? Why didn't he choose Korah? Uh, you know, Korah was, was dead set on, I can hear from God too. So why, why didn't God choose him? He was obviously a natural born leader. Uh, why didn't uh, 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 God choose Achan? I mean, he was already investing money into the ground from the very start. So uh, when you look at, at the fact that God chose Joshua, he chose him, um, 
not because he would disobey the Lord to steal the gold, not because he would try to challenge who God had already placed in, in that position. He chose Joshua, just like you said, because he was only worried about being right there in the glory of God, in that secret place. That's where he was empowered. That's where he was focused. Um, and, and that right there, and everything we deal with in life, if we put our focus on the Lord, if we truly put our heart so centered on just being close to the Lord, then number one, we're going to want to go above and beyond. We're going to want to strive with the spirit of excellence. But number two, our heart's in the right place because our heart is like David's. It was, uh, it's not about being king. It's not even about defeating the giant. It's about loving on God. And then when we are that close to God, then we love what God loves and we hate what God hates. And then we're moved to fight the right enemies. We're moved to uh, dispossess the giants from the land. We're moved to take the, the Goliaths down. Um, it's, a, it's a very powerful thing. But again, uh, just like you, uh, both of you have said at the start, this, this comes down to a person's heart and a person's motive. Um, and we, we need to line up our, our hearts with our heads and understand that there is such a great authority. Matter of fact, I believe God is about to release such a great wave, a massive wave of healing. I believe we are about to see, matter, uh, 2021 was such a year of deliverance for the church, but I think we're fixing to see mass deliverances within the world. I believe many people that have walked away from God uh, are about to have their hearts stirred. And God has been establishing a church that is walking in deliverance and walking in power and walking in authority. And he's establishing this in the church because of what's going to happen in the world, that the church is going to have to be that anchor in the storm. And we're going to see lost people coming to the church for healing, for salvation, for deliverance, for uh, peace, um, because in this world right now, there there is a lack of peace, and we are about to see God move in such a mighty, powerful way, um, and God is just getting His church ready to walk in that move. Yeah, that's really good, Justin. Um, I, I couldn't agree more, and I think that the along with that, <clears throat> you know, there's levels of authority too, and so for example, um, um well sorry i can't get the uh i can't figure out how to get us back in order um but <laughs> so we're in this order now <laughs> um but uh i i totally agree with that you know there's different levels of authority too which is something that i think um a lot of people understand but they don't understand that they often try to skip levels so if you're a five-year-old you need to go to kindergarten um, that's the order it goes in. You don't get to be five years old and then you go to, you know, college. Like that's, there's order. And so a lot of people want to try to take something that's much, it requires a much higher level of dedication, a lot, a much higher level of, 
um, of character, a much higher level of, of surrender than what they're able to walk in. And so then they get defeated and then they feel like, okay, I'm not meant to do this or whatever. It kicks them out of their, their purpose. Like their resolve gets kicked out of exactly what they're supposed to be doing because they don't understand that things have to go in order. And, um, and so in this season, you know, for example, like I, I was telling you this morning, Justin, like I was I, I, on my channel, on my YouTube channel, I am doing um, Purpose February. So every day I'm giving you something that you can do to w either walk into your purpose or develop your purpose to a higher level. And I was reviewing my notes and everything that I had um, gotten for, for these videos for this month. And um, and, uh, all this stuff. And, and I, I was truly taking account of this, my own self. And I said, you know, I do, I do these things well, I actually do these things really, really well, but you know what I don't do well that I need to improve is, is watching what I say. I remember years ago, God had said to me, like, I was about to say something to somebody. They had said something to me. I was about to respond to them. And I don't even remember what the conversation was. Cause to me it was, it wasn't even that important that I don't even remember it. But God said to me, do not say that. Like I literally couldn't even speak. And he said, don't say that. You know, the the authority, if you want authority in your words, then that means all of the time. You know, it's not, you, you had talked about this even during your sermon on Sunday, Justin, like you said, <laughs> actually you said, um, you know, I don't have my personal life and then I'm a pastor. You said, actually I'm a pastor, so I don't have a personal life, <laughs> which is very funny. But <laughs> Um, but it's true. It's like, it doesn't just like, it doesn't count only when you're, uh, when you're on the platform or when you're whatever it counts all of the time. So if you can't monitor, you know, your words, for example, in this situation, uh, if you can't monitor your words all of the time, you're not walking into a higher level of authority when you speak stuff happens, you know? And so you being in tune to what you're developing in what season is part of the authority. You know, there was a season when I needed to develop like just being, be, being dedicated to setting aside time to be in the word or to be in prayer or to whatever, uh, with God, I needed to be dedicated to that because I, what I didn't have enough, like strength built up in my spirit to just do that naturally. I had to develop it. But now that comes so easy, so natural for me. Like I can, I can be there for hours and not even know it was hours. Um, but there's different seasons to those things, you know, you see, so I think a lot of this, and it goes to what you were saying to Rachel, which is that Joshua was always in the tent of meeting, meaning he was becoming so familiar with what the, what, what God was saying and when he was saying it, what he was doing and when he was doing it, that it wasn't a struggle for him to get up and lead a million people, you know, 4 million people into, uh, into a new territory. It wasn't a struggle for him because it was so natural for him to just be observing what God is doing, what he's saying. And, and he knew that as long as he was doing that, there was nothing that could stand against him. But it, that, that resolve came from number one, being so aware of, of God and nobody else. Even after Moses, it says he left and yet Joshua remained. That's what it says. Joshua remained. And so, um, and so not only did he stay there and, and was able to understand the nature, the character of God, but he was able to, um, to be so aware of that, even once he was out of the tent of meeting. So it didn't matter if he saw a land full of giants, he saw them as his bread. 
It didn't matter what he was looking at. He saw it from a higher perspective. And so he allowed everything about him to become refined in that tent of meeting, which is has to do with authority. And every level will require a new, uh, a new measure of that. In Because authority is really about surrender. It's really about how... A lot of people think authority is up here. You know, I'm the CEO, I'm the boss, I'm the president, I'm the whatever, and it isn't. Authority is down here. I'm, I'm, I'm the most submissive. I'm the most under authority. I'm the most obedient. That's where authority comes. So I, th I think, again, we just have it backwards a lot of times when we think about what authority actually means. Yeah, I love what you said about the levels of authority. So... Um, I was just thinking about this because really the start of authority begins with me, right? It doesn't begin with me having authority anywhere else. I have to take inventory of my own self. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the word of God tells us judgment comes to the house of God first. It doesn't go out there first. It comes to you first. And so being able to do that, to sit before God and to really take inventory, to bear your soul, to, to ask God to reveal those hidden things and to start dealing with your own self first that's the place. That's the surrendered heart. That's the that's the right spirit, the contrite heart before God that will get you to be even able to enter the kindergarten, right? That's like the preschool. We got to be there first. And then we can go further into the levels of authority where we can execute that outside of our own selves and, and within other realms. And then I also wanted to speak to um, just the fact of like, like David, um, when Justin was talking about that, I think that one of the most tragic things about the Goliath story, the most tragic line of that entire story is when Saul says, you can take my armor. Go ahead and take that. That's not going to work. It wouldn't work for Angel to say, Rachel, I have this great armor for you. I've already walked through the court system. Just, just wear my armor. Her sword isn't going to fit me. Her stuff isn't going to work for me. David knew he didn't need that. He had already done what God had called him to do. He had already been obedient to killing the lions and the bear. And by, by the way, that's multiple. Like he didn't just do that once. He had repetitive actions of victory and obedience that he built on that gained mm -hmm. confidence that was allowing him to walk out there and be like, who is this guy who's defying the people of God? Get out of here. And why isn't anybody else doing anything about it? And Saul literally gave away his authority in that moment. He could, that was his fight. He should have went out there and taken down that giant. He was king, he was anointed, and he literally subverted all of that and said, okay, you you go do it. And by the way, take my stuff as if that was gonna work. Yeah, that is so good. That's really good. And it goes to another spiritual principle. You know, nothing happens in a vacuum. And what you're talking about here is using what somebody else has already instead of allowing that person to replicate themselves and so to being underneath somebody who has the authority to actually replicate the things that they carry inside of you as opposed to okay just take mine which will never work right um that can't you can never do that that will never work but when somebody when you're underneath somebody who can actually help you replicate what they have this is the elijah and elisha story which he ended up with twice his spirit not his mantle twice his spirit and so that's what happens when you replicate somebody who 
who this and this is always in relationship nothing in the kingdom happens outside of relationship nothing and and a lot of people want to skip it right okay i don't know you i don't know who you are but okay give me your give me your stuff you know give me your armor give me your sword and i'll go do it like that ne it never happens it's always in relationship and you see even even in that moment david was choosing you know, am I partnering with God? Am I in relationship with God who's telling me to go get five stones out of the river down, down the road? Or am I taking, am I in relationship with this, you know, very fancy and showy um, sign and this stuff that doesn't fit me, but I could try to make it work. You know, who am I in relationship with here? And, it, and nothing will happen outside of that. But when you're in true relationship, everything that that person carries, you get all of it and more all of it and more. You know why? Because it wasn't just that what he was sitting under Elisha. It wasn't just that he was sitting under Elijah. It was that he was already anointed to carry that same type of ministry, that same mantle. So he got twice because he was in submission. And that was where authority came. Authority comes again from submission. It's, it's not, we always think of it like, you know, I'm up here, I'm, I'm doing all the things and look at all of this stuff that I have under my control and authority. And in fact, even the centurion said to Jesus, you know, I can recognize somebody who's in authority because I am also under great authority. So he was recognizing the fact that Jesus was in submission to something so, so in authority, so it having so much power that he can speak to somebody, say, pick up your mat and walk, you know, your sins are forgiven. He was able to do all of these things because of his submission and an unbeliever was able to recognize that. Okay. I want to, um, just say that the two of you spark so many thoughts. I'm going to try to keep some of this straight. Um, you know, Saul was jealous of David because the people said David has slain his ten thousands. Uh, you know, they would chant, Saul has slain his thousands, but David is ten thousands. Saul had the opportunity. Uh, like you said, Angel, the that was actually his fight to fight. That was not uh, really David's in, in reality because Saul was the king. And when he offered David the, the armor, uh, I question there, what was his motive? Was, was his motive to protect David? Uh, here, take my armor so you will at least be protected. Or was his motive uh, a little more self-centered and self-motivated? Did he want it to look like he was the one out on the battlefield so that he could take credit if, if, he, uh, if he won? Uh, and if he was killed, then it would make it look like he was dead and he would escape. Um, either way, he had the opportunity, but he wouldn't do it. David's heart was in the right place, and he took that. Um, and, and, and Rachel, you're so right. It was lions and bears. David had been working that level of warfare. He had been working through the levels of battles. He could not have just came out and faced a giant from the very start. Uh, God took him through the process of building into that place. Um, you're talking about knowing your 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 levels. You can look at this. Uh, a good analogy for me is is in the gym. When you go to the gym and you work out, you can work out according to where you're at, and it's very productive. 
So you're working your muscles, you are growing your muscles, you're growing your strength. Every time you go in, you're getting stronger, you're getting stronger, and you're getting stronger. But if you go in with this uh, hyped up idea that you have not lifted, you're not very strong, and you're going to go in and you're going to bench press 300 pounds, it's going to crush you. Uh, it's going to hurt you, and you will probably never go back to the gym again because you tried to do something that you were completely incapable of doing. Um, however, if you go in there faithfully and you start out with your 75 pounds or whatever it is you're, you're at, you know where you're at and you build into that, then in time you will be able to lift that 300. And spiritually, same way. Uh, you, you don't go attack something that you have not been given the authority to do so. Uh, God has not released you into that battle. He has not released you to do that. But at the point that God says, now I'm bringing you to a new level, which is another thing about this season. I believe that God is elevating his people. I think that we're um, kind of like in the military when, when there are, are times uh, that people receive promotions. I believe that we're seeing a promotion right now in the spirit where God is, is uh, taking people uh, that have been sergeants and moving them into the position of lieutenants. Um, he is taking people because there is a greater battle at hand. Uh, there is a greater uh, victory uh, that we are moving into, and, and he's elevating us. Um, and in, in that, um, the words that we speak, this is something that's been stirring in me for quite a while because I have felt God's warning, um, mainly over times of frustration. You know, when, when you're at church uh, or when you just leave a good service um, and you've heard this great message and you're all excited, then, then you're going to speak faith and you're going to speak life and you're going to speak hope. Uh, come Monday morning, when everything's going wrong, when it feels like there's a devil around every corner, where it feels like uh, Murphy's Law has now been uh, completely initiated into your life, that everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Now, these are the times that we are worn down and we get frustrated and our mouths tend to uh, run faster than our minds. And we're so um, uh, uh, privy to saying things out of that frustration. Uh, and and I've, I have felt the same thing, Angel. I felt like God was putting his hand over my mouth several times and, and saying, don't say that. Uh, what you're about to say, just don't, don't even say it. And it's that warning of we're being elevated into new realms of authority. But if we do not learn to govern our mouths and our hearts, then God's not going to allow us to move into that next level of authority. He can't trust us with that authority if we can't control our mouths. Why would God give someone the ability to, to speak forth such powerful things if he knew that they were going to uh, be haphazard in their speech? Uh, and in reality, the, the, I mean, we, we all have authority in our own lives, and uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So when we begin to release words over our own selves, uh, over our children, our finances, uh, oh, my, my finances will never turn around. Uh, my, my health is, is uh, never going to change. Uh, I've, had, I've heard people say, 
Uh, I'm just believing for, for a healing. I, I believe God's going to heal me. And then they'll turn around and say, well, you know, my mama died of this. I, I, I guess I'm going to die the same way. And so our mouths contradict our faith. And that's because our faith is in word only. Um, but if we go back to Joshua's example and, and just stay by the tent, stay in the glory, then we will stop being changed by the world and begin to be transformed by the renewing of our minds in the heart of his presence. And we can actually see, um, I mean, there's a level of authority that is already there just because you know, my, my realm of me, that's my first realm of authority. That's where I have uh, the greatest authority. My home is next. Uh, but as we begin to govern righteously over these areas, over these realms, uh, God will begin to give us more and more uh, ability and understanding and strategy. And I believe that we can see complete regions turned around. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday and um, about our, our region here. There's a lot of uh, strongholds in, in our area, a lot of lack, um, a lot of oppression, financially, emotionally, spiritually, so forth. And the churches, when we begin to walk in the fullness um, uh, of our authority of the season, then we can begin to literally see shifts in entire cities and entire regions because we get, number one, ourselves uh, under divine governance. We get our homes in divine governance. We get our churches in divine governance. Uh, and then we begin to get our cities in divine governance. So there, there is such a great authority and I know it's always been available, but there is something different about this this time right now. Uh, this is, really is a new era uh, and a new season, and there is something that God is wanting to do with His church to to really manifest the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. Uh, I'm going to establish my ecclesia, my governing body, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I believe we're seeing the establishment of the church in this hour. And it's not about a, a preacher making his name. It's it's not about um, uh, someone being successful. It's it's about bringing forth the kingdom of God. Um, all the rest of, of those things are, are just byproducts. Um, so it, it is a very, very exciting time. Um, but it, it is, it's a time that, that the church believers, um, let me say it this way. As a, as a minister, uh, sometimes it, it feels like you're pulling uh, people that are trying to walk the opposite direction. So you feel like you're tugging them uh, almost against their will, not because they don't want the fruit of what's on the other side, but because they don't understand. And so there's been this, this um, a lethargy uh, that we talked about earlier to come into the church where people want to outsource their prayers. They want to give their armor to the Davids. They want to outsource their, their uh, time of study in scripture. They want to outsource their, um, they want to outsource their authority, but they want to walk in the benefit. And so, you know, Angel, you said it earlier, people will quote scripture and say, this is my promise in scripture. Well, uh, the promise is there, but that doesn't mean that you are actually walking in that promise. And I think that God is calling for the church to get off the pews 
um, and stand up and begin to march into their promise. Uh, I don't mean take it by the flesh. I mean uh, operating under the direction of the Holy Spirit, but walk in our authority and look at the giants. Look at Goliath. Look at Ishbi Banab. Look at Lami. Look at these giants and say, hey, uh, <laughs> you're a trespasser. And um, this is another thing about COVID. You know, COVID introduced us to a time where we had people that did not have much uh, confidence and now all of a sudden they're given power. So you have the guys with little man syndrome uh, and now they're guarding the stores, making you wear masks when, uh, to come into a store and they act like they have all this authority. Well, I'm not a very large man, but I am also not a very insecure man. Uh, so I'm usually very nice, but in some of these places I would stop and, and there's one gentleman that was guarding the door and, and he said, do you have a mask? And I looked at him, I said, no, I don't. And he said, well, you need a mask. And I said, I wasn't really in the mood. I wasn't trying to be rude, but I just wasn't in the mood this day. I said, are you telling me that I cannot come into this store and buy my groceries unless I have one of your silly masks on? And normally I'm a lot nicer, but I was just, and I wasn't just mean, but there was so much uh, authority in my voice um, because I, I wasn't in the mood to be messed with, with, with silliness. And the guy looked at me and he puts his head down and he says, it's fine. And, and I just walked past him. And my point is this, you, you can have the whole monitor mentality and think because you got a badge that you've got something. That's not where it's at. It's about having the confidence to know that you really do. Um, and, and that's when that only comes from being in that tent place, being in that place of um, where, where we receive the power from on high. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. You know, one of my favorite quotes is by John Maxwell, and he says, everybody wants to do what I'm doing, but nobody wants to do what I did. Meaning you <laughs> all want to be where I'm sitting now, but you don't want to do what it took me what it took to do to get to me to where I am. Right. And the reason why his, uh, you know, what he has built specifically, just, just him as an example is because he, he's not only got, did what he needed to do to get that platform. He's replicated himself to have other people supporting his platform. And that's exactly what you're talking about here is that when when you're willing to go through the process, that's when you actually get to keep and possess the promises that Rachel was talking about in the beginning. And and you have the authority to replicate what you are. You, people are actually having the authority to replicate what they are all of the time. You see it all of the time working in curses. The reason why someone's born into poverty and they stay have these cycles of, of poverty and things like that is because they're being replicated from where they came from and they're now taking Taking that and replicating what they are into another generation. This is a spiritual principle, by the way, of reaping and sowing. And if you don't understand that, then you can't ever have the, you won't ever do what's necessary to break that thing and, and move into a higher level, move into something that's more true than that. Um, and, and so that, that's something that, you know, everybody is doing naturally. It's the way that everything on the earth was meant to, to move in. If there's a corn seed, you make the corn, you put it in the ground, it's making another corn plant. It doesn't make a different type of plant. This is reaping and sowing. So you'll never reproduce anything except what you actually are. If you don't, and if you don't know where you are or who you are or what you are, you're just making that naturally. 
you can choose to to shift what you want to produce in your life, but you have to have the the uh, awareness of where you are and be willing to start where you are. A lot of people are like, well, I'm 50, 60, whatever. And I'm not starting from the beginning. I'm not going to go back to being a novice in something. And that men- mindset is what really what's keeping you bound up and still producing what you are. 60 years later, still seeing no fruit of the thing that you think you're doing because you're not actually doing that. You're, you're reproducing what you actually are, not what you want, what you actually are. I want to throw something in there right there, um, and I hope you don't mind me, me sharing this. Uh, your dad is a perfect example. Um, after he retired from his career, uh, he decides to start a business in something that, that he was not experienced in. And so he went and just got a job uh, mm. working yes. as a general laborer for this in this uh, in this type of business so he could learn it. I mean, that is absolutely profound to me that after retirement, your dad would do this and he's built a, a uh, extremely successful business out of that. Yeah, you know what, my my dad is still even now still modeling this stuff, you know, and now he's he's older and he's done with that business. That business is up and running. My sister runs that one and he's starting another thing. And he's like, yeah, I'll go back and I'll be the I'll, I'll start over again. And he doesn't care. You know, my dad just FYI, like he's quite educated, like, you know, he replicated what he is in, in his kids, you know, and and he still doesn't and he literally has the mindset of like today i'm doing something new or i'm doing something that i'm afraid to do and he does it every single day he's like well i remember being with him one day and he's like angel keep your eyes out for something that i'm either afraid to do or something new for me to do on our drive and i was like what and he's like yeah this is what i do every day <laughs> so um but you know it's it's exactly like when you when you're around that then you can think it all the time but when you're not around it you're not even aware that you're not around it right and and that's half of this is God will show you something that you don't see yourself. This is, he sees stuff that you don't see and you you don't have the ability to see because maybe you're not in the right environment. You don't have the right people. You don't have the right skills. You don't have the right system, whatever. Um, doesn't matter. If you have God, he has all of the knowledge. He, has, he ha- sees all of the things and he wants to share that with you, but only when you're ready to receive that, you know? God has said stuff to me for so long and then it's like I get a little bit of that revelation and then it's over time that it's like, wow, God actually shared that with me years ago and only now do I feel like I can actually do something with that. You know, can I actually implement that? That's that's powerful. And you know, you, you have to surround yourself with people that um, are going where you want to go. Uh, mm. people that inspire people That's that right. push people that that spur um i mean take take this podcast um i mean every time one of you say something it spurs something it's uh iron sharpens iron and it's triggering thoughts it's triggering uh um the opening um uh, of a line of thought and we need to surround ourselves with people with authority uh and and in greater realms of authority because that's where we want to go. We want to, we need to surround ourselves that with people who truly have integrity because that's where we want to go. We need to surround ourselves with people who walk according to the spirit because 
that's where we want to go. Uh, when you surround yourself around people that are not going anywhere, you're not going to go anywhere. Uh, when you surround yourself with people who, who are uh, the same ones that left the restaurant in a mess the other day because they don't want to work, uh, that will be your mentality. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's so important. And half half of the people's problems would be solved simply by doing something that you've never done before. You know, and it's usually the thing that you think is the most ridiculous. Oh, I would never do that course. I would never enroll in that. I would never invest in that. I would never go there, see that, do whatever. It's like, that's the thing that you should do. <laughs> Rachel, do you have something that you would like to add? Yeah, I think similar to um, even your dad, um, my grandfather, and my whole family is very much like that, right? So they've all built businesses um, and yes. it's come from the foundation of um, my grandfather. And he grew up um, impoverished and um, without very much at all, but he always worked really, really hard and knew that like, if I can just work hard and put my shoulder to the grindstone, I can achieve something. And he did. He He didn't know how to run excavators and do all of these things. He taught himself and he ran a very successful business in two different cities, developing land and um, then building homes and doing all of that kind of thing with a high school education. And he, and he built his first home that he started in. He, he did the labor for it, right? Um, so being around people that are, you know, self-propelled and have the mindset that like, look, even when I'm in a crisis or I'm, my back's up against the wall, um, I'll just turn it into a classroom. And I remember my grandfather saying to me in the midst of my trial where things I was like, I've never been in a courtroom. I, I'm so fearful of this. I can't do these things. And he was like, well, you love education. And that's true. I, I do. I love um, learning. I'll probably be a lifelong um, person who just invests in all of that. But he just told me, you love learning. Why don't you just flip your mindset into turn it into a classroom, right? Turn it, turn your crisis into the classroom of God, get enrolled, get committed, and then we're going to do this thing. And, you know, he was, he, he was my person throughout this whole thing. As far as walking me through it, he sat outside the courtroom. He drove me to court. He did all of those things because I needed that energy and I needed his anointing and his leadership in our family to keep me going. He was the person in the car. I just needed his presence there to know it's okay. I needed him to look me in the eye and steady me to, and so I could stand firm in everything that he would be able to push me forward in, even in my weakest moments. Yes, that is so good. Yes. And that's, that's so, you know, what is so great about that too, is that you didn't overlook what was already in your hands. A lot of people are overlooking what they already have and they're looking, they think they need the next thing, but you're not getting the next thing because you didn't steward what's in your hands. Well, if you already, if you pay attention to what you already have, more will be added. You know, those who have little that even what they have is going to be taken from them. Why? Because they didn't steward it well. It's about, again, it's about, it's about submission. Like, what am I doing with what I have? When I honor, there's a spiritual law there at, at play, right? When I honor uh, uh, where I come from, honor your father and mother, that it will go well with you and you'll enjoy, you'll enjoy your long life on the earth, right? That, that's a spiritual, there's a spiritual principle at play to what you do with what you already have. If you don't honor that, if you don't honor these things that are already with you and you view it as like, well, I wish it was different for, you know, and I wish I had this and, and I wish this was a, that's a spiritual principle too, because you're sowing and reaping. So, um, so if you don't understand that what you have in your hand is more than enough, you're more than capable of whatever is in your hand, Moses, what's in your hand, just this stick, 
Okay, that stick's gonna be the thing that makes water, it's gonna be the thing that splits a sea. That is gonna be the thing that causes all of it to happen, but you, you're like, oh, I've got nothing, I just have a stick. It's the lady who is like, oh, I got a little bit of oil in the jar and I don't have anything else and I'm just gonna make a cake and die. Literally, that's what her attitude was, like, what? Um, so my point being, you can have that if you're if you're feeling like the, I've had that attitude, like look at these amazing things and what happened for these people and the amazing miracles and the turnaround that their life took once they were willing to partner with the word of the Lord and actually step into doing something that they were afraid of. That lady had to make a cake and give it away. That was her last food. That was she was going to eat it and die. Um, and so she had to give it away. Right, so you have to, when you step into that pressure is usually keeping you. It's like the thing guarding your destiny. It's like the thing that, that if you would actually press into it, that would be breaking things open for you and off of you. You know, Goliath was one of the greatest enemies uh, that, that David ever faced, but yet it was his biggest promotion too. Um, the very thing that that Satan sends to destroy is the thing that God uses to uh, promote. And uh, I, I love the way you're talking about the widow because, yeah, I mean, she's told to give of her last. And actually, when the prophet first asked her, what do you have in your house? Uh, if I remember correctly, um, in the King James, her first response, she says nothing. Uh, she was in that moment, she failed to see uh, what she already had, which was the resources for everything. Um, you know, you can, you can walk to a, a, uh, a junk pile um, and somebody with vision can see pieces in that pile of junk that they can uh, reconstitute to be something else. Uh, and people have made businesses off of that. You know, they go get other people's junk and then they, they don't just restore it. They completely transform it into something else. And then they uh, sell it for um, more than any of the, the stuff would have ever been um, in the beginning of its formation. Uh, and it's because they had the vision to see what is there, uh, the potential of what is there. And so we, we all need to look at our own lives and see that there's so much more there. Um, there is a mindset with a lot of people that say that will work for them or them or them. Uh, they're smart. They're this, they're that. Uh, and they don't understand, um, kind of like the way you said about John Maxwell, you want to be where I'm at, but you don't know, you, you don't want to do what I've done to get here. Um, Rachel, you walked through such a great battle. Um, and your grandfather, uh, uh, as you said, was the, the person in the car. He was your strength. He was your anchor, uh, during that time. Well, he imparts that to you. He replicates uh, that to you. And now you have your, your own, uh, uh, life coaching business to where you are able to replicate that to someone else. Um, and that is so powerful. The, the, uh, Elijah, Elisha transfer, the, uh, double portion, the walking in what we're imprinted with understanding that we should never be standing still. Um, matter of fact, my dad used to say spiritually, you never stand still. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards, but That's you're never right. actually not moving. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand we're moving forward uh, or should be. And if you're not moving forward, uh, get up and start walking.
this is a great season of advancement. This is a great time in your life, whether you're, you're uh, 15 years old, 55 years old, or 75 years old, 85, it doesn't matter. At 85 years old, Caleb went in and took his land, and he said, I'm just as good now as, as I was when I first received the promise at 40. So yes. It's a, it's a good, good season. Mm, that's so good. And actually, Rachel, you have such a um, powerful demonstration of this. Like, it's, And I'd love it if you would share the story about the shoes. And even if you have the shoes, you can show us them. I really want people to get a hold of like the transformation that happened. You know, we've shared your story already on my channel and, and things like that. But so let me just catch people up in case they haven't seen the whole thing. Rachel actually went to trial twice in her situation. And um, the first the first time um uh didn't um didn't end the way that we envisioned it ending but she went back again a year later and um and you want to pick it up from there like during this year actually a lot of process happened a lot of um authority you know you you did develop a lot in that year um uh, between the between your trials and um and so for your second trial you went in completely different than you did your first one and i'd love it if you could pick it up from there yeah, yeah. So um, I think too, just a spiritual principle really quick is that for the Israelites, let's talk about them. Let's talk about Moses and let's talk about how he took them the long way around, right? So sometimes the delays that you think are coming to attack you are actually the gifts that are preparing you to meet the the battle and the war that you're headed for, right? Because I, for me specifically, I needed that time. I railed against time. I was like, why is this taking so long? This is taking forever. I should be done. I just want to get it over with. But every single time I would not have been ready to meet the challenge that was ahead of me. I would not have been ready to meet the deposition. I would not have been ready for the, for the big trial if I didn't have the smaller trial first, because the, the big trial was multiple days, like seven or eight days. It was not short, right? So this was, and it was over the course of between March and May. So there was a couple days here and then there would be like three or four week break and then another time we had to go. And so you're doing all of this stretched out, but I had the endurance and I had built that up. So what was meant as you know a delay that I felt like was attacking me, oppressing me, shoving me down was actually the thing that was helping me. It was a gift. It was helping me to have that reprieve, to have that time, to build up the skills, to build up the confidence in order to go. Um, but one of what Angel is referring to is um, the gift of confession and decreeing the word of God, right? So that's a gift to the, to the believer from God to manifest the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So if we're trying to get to destiny and we're trying to walk in victory, we're not going to be talking defeat. We're not going to be forming or framing our world with defeat. Our words and our worship are going to be out in front of our circumstance. And so this was really through a time of prayer where the Lord was just speaking to my heart and um, saying, don't forget that you, you, you can put everything under your feet, right? You can tread upon the lion and the cobra and you can come out with victory. And so I began to really contemplate what that would mean and what that would look for me in my case. And um, I had some shoes that were purchased um, for court and on the bottom of them, I wrote, I don't know if, if I can get it to see, you can kind of see they're pretty worn, but I'll read it to you. Um, what I wrote on the bottom of my court shoes was God will not forget me. He will not forsake me. He will not fail me. I have the victory. I have it this time, that time, and every time. 
and God's faithfulness was so good to me. And I, and just going back to what Angel was talking about, like with the widow, like I'm about to die. Like I'm about to eat my last meal and die. And Moses came up with five excuses. I can't go. I don't speak well. Um, I need, I need Aaron with me. I need a companion. I need an advocate, right? I can't go do these things. I'm not your guy, God. Um, I think we all feel those things. And I just want to speak to the goodness of God in those moments because the goodness of God, the favor of God chases you down. And when you experience that, he gives you opportunities, right? He didn't just shove Moses off and say, I'll find another guy. He worked with Moses in those moments and even allowed Moses like, okay, fine, take Aaron. Go ahead and take him with you. If you feel like you need a security blanket, you can take him. And guess what? You're still going to do all the talking, but I'm giving you a concession here, right? And so, and God, God gave the widow the opportunity too. He will give you the opportunity, find those places and partner with God, because even in your excuses, or even in the moments where you're railing against what you know, you have to step into in order to get to the victory, there's opportunity right there to partner, to be obedient, and then to move forward past these things to get to the next level of authority. That's so good. Um, yeah. The, um, yeah, it, 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 so many times we, we say, I can't do this, and we can't uh, in our own strength. But yeah, when, when we just, I love how you stand on the word. You took the word of God, uh, literally, you put it on your feet and you you stood on that and you said, I'm standing on God's word and nothing can trump that. Uh, it's very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that story because it was a, a good example of, you know, what, what we did one time. And that's another thing too, that oftentimes people miss, they, they interpret it incorrectly, which is that, okay, I didn't do it right. Or this, you know, I failed before and I'm going to fail again, or this didn't, you know, I, my expectations weren't met the first time. So what's going to make it different the second time. And we get into a cycle of defeat in our minds, which whenever we start believing something, whenever we have a mindset about something, we're opening the door for a spirit to come, good or bad, positive or negative. And from there, we're opening the door to either have a curse or a blessing come, and, and that will be generational. So so this is why it's important to monitor your thoughts, because that is the inroad to make a belief system. Anyway, um, you know, when we when we face something, we, we often sometimes we can think about it as like, okay, this already defeated me. But that, when we actually look at it through the perspective of, of heaven, is that that was the training, that was the warm up, that was the, you know, preliminary example of what's to come. And it was, it was not the test, it wasn't the thing, which I tried to say, tell this about to people about 2020, I tried to tell people like, this is not the thing. This is so not the thing, <laughs> but we're finding out where people are when it, the real thing comes. So, okay. Um, but anyway, the, you know, when you, when you have the right perspective, it's like, okay, I'm actually not concerned about what the outcome of this thing is. I'm more concerned with how I come out of it, right? What is this process doing to me? Because it's, is showing me, okay, that's a weak spot for me. No problem. Now I've got time to work on it. This is a place where I'm really strong in. Awesome. God, continue to pour in strength there. Get me uh, mentors and leaders who can come in and help me um, develop that even to a greater ability, a capability. 
Um, so, so a lot of times we look at things we fail, not because we fail the test or we failed the thing. It's we failed in our perspective and we get, gave up. You know, one of my favorite quotes is by T.D. Jakes, and he says that success is booby-trapped on the way to get there so that only the people who are supposed to have it actually get it. You know, and this looks like you falling in in a pit. This looks like you seemingly going backwards. It looks like no fruit. It it's it really interesting to me. One of my favorite stories is a um in John about the um uh about Jesus is saying like you know this this is what happens is that the gardener's gonna come and he's gonna prune all of the he's gonna prune everything. By the way, he says he's pruning all the branches. He's pruning the ones that make fruit. He's pruning the ones that don't make fruit. fruit. So they all look like they're going through the same process, but the outcome is very different. Why? Because one is abiding. One is in that, one is remaining. One is staying in that secret place and one is making more fruit when it comes out of the pruning. Everybody's going in the pruning process. Everybody, no one's skipping it. You're not missing that process. So you're going through, so what, you want, what do you want the outcome to be? Because that's completely different dependent upon you. You you can't control the process, okay? Terrible things happen. It's not it's not the will of the Lord that those terrible things happen, but what is the will of the Lord is that those things get redeemed. But that is up to us and to our uh, um, belief system and where we put our faith and what we what we confess with our mouths is a reflection of what we actually believe inside. Uh, and so there's so many times where the situation could have gone different had we had a different perspective on what we were actually facing. Not every single thing is a test. Some of it's just a warm up. <laughs> I, I like that. Not everything's a test. Some things are a warm up. Uh, I tell you, some of these warm ups are pretty tough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's people wanting to skip the warm up too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes failure is our greatest success. Uh, and when, when you, um, uh, Joshua leading the, the children of Israel. They go to Jericho, they have great success. They come to Ai and they have a, a horrible defeat. Uh, but it exposed a weakness that is, uh, I'm so thankful that it was exposed early as opposed to latter. Um, I mean, Achan's sin was exposed. They got rid of Achan, they dealt with it, and they moved in uh, to be successful. What would have happened if that would have been allowed to fester and to grow uh, is that they would have stalled out and never actually possessed the, the promise any further. Uh, because they never would have known why they couldn't stand before their enemies. Uh, so God allows us um, or, or will use our failures to awaken something in us. Um, and you've referenced something several times, Angel, uh, about self-reflection. Um, I think we need to always uh, examine ourselves. We need to always practice self-reflection. Um, uh, uh, Rachel, I know you did this through uh, through life, but especially during your court battle. Um, I feel like I do this every Sunday. Um, every time I have a meeting, every time we do a podcast, I take time to go back and, and rehearse, um, you know, what I did, what I didn't do, uh, how much I said, how much I didn't say, uh, what, what I could have said differently. Um, matter of fact, I was listening to a Sunday message one time, I'm driving down the road, I'm on my way to the gym. And I was listening to that, that morning's message, uh, that I preached. And, and I hit a couple points and I was like, that's pretty good. And then I said something funny. I was like, 
hey, you're pretty funny. And then I said something that was that was um, uh, I wish I could have taken back because it was just it just didn't sound right. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just just kind of silly. Uh, and I said, boy, what are you thinking? And so I, I take those moments not to overly criticize. Uh, it's not about matter of fact, sometimes we're too sensitive to criticism. We need to stop being sensitive to uh, to any criticism and mm-hmm. understand, is there some validity here? Mm-hmm. If it's a, um, a fruitless criticism, yeah, chalk it in the trash. Uh, but if it is something that can be improved, if it's something that can be uh, increased, I want to be better tomorrow. I want to be able to uh, do better, do more and do more effectively tomorrow than I did today. Um, so if we're always looking at areas to improve, we're always looking at areas to uh, fine tune. Uh, we find those weak places, we sure up the weak places and we increase the, the strong places. Uh, and it's a just a real principle of growth there. Yeah, that is so good. That's really good. It's because it's, oh, God's looking for a partner. So he's not looking to just like, because if, if he didn't want a partner, he would, we don't, we're unnecessary to this whole thing, you know, and he's looking for people who are also in his image out of his free will. He created this world and he's looking for people out of their free will will create their world too. And, and that really has to do again with authority and being able to replicate the thing that you are. Everybody has authority and it's coming out in in one way or another, right? If you take a look at your life, you're going to see the fruit of what that authority is producing. If you don't like it, you need to make a shift because nothing's going to change if nothing changes. Um, you know, but yes, I, so I think that, I think that um, um, a, like to kind of summarize, I think that there's a few uh, points here. Number one is that your perspective is so important and it's definitely going to determine the outcome you know i i think of like when i was uh when i was a child you know i was on the basketball team in like middle school right and because they don't care about your height in middle school everybody gets to play (laughs) (laughs) but anyway i was on you know like listen if we're doing the warm-up and i like miss all my shots during the warm-up and i'm like well let's leave why we just we're not even we're not done yet we didn't didn't even play the game like half of y'all are just leaving the court before we even played the game because you're you're assuming that the warm-up was nonsense you know and i didn't do a good job and so the game is going to be terrible and i'm not even going to try lots of people are just straight up walking away from and giving up their what is already theirs they're already destined to have it but you're not willing to go through the work and and to be honest with you, sometimes you're going to look ridiculous, right? And you have to, that's a part of the severing of, of other people's opinion and the weight that that holds for you. You know, again, you have to choose. It's about relationship. Which one are you in partnership with? Are you going to look ridiculous walking out in Saul's armor? Are you going to look ridiculous going down there with five stones? You, both one is going to, you're going to look ridiculous. You don't get it. You don't get out of that. <laughs> but you know, it's so I think perspective, super important relationship, super important, knowing where you are also, right. Which kind of goes to perspective. But if you think, um, if you don't understand, Hey, I'm five years old and I'm going to kindergarten and you think I'm five, you know, you think, no, I'm 25 and I'm going to go to college. Like, no, you know, you're, you're already setting yourself up for failure simply because you're not starting from the right place. 
Um, and then knowing the times and the seasons, right? Being in sync, being in harmony, in tune with what's happening in in your life, yes, in your season of life, yes, but also in the greater scheme of things. Like, what is the counsel of the Lord speaking? You know, what is wisdom speaking? What is revelation speaking? There, There's a voice and you have to know how to hear it and how to be in tune to it. And it requires, every level is going to require a greater level of surrender. You think like, I'm super submitted, I'm super committed, I'm, I'm really in tune. It's hard. It's hard. Every level is going to test a new thing. Like, ah, that thing has to get removed because the weight of what's coming for you in this season needs a firm foundation and that's shaky ground. Get rid of it. So those are my summary points. Rachel, what do you, do you want to summarize it a different way? No, I was just um, going to give you another um, analogy off of uh, what you said about the the sports thing, the warm up, right? So you're missing your shot. So it's just a funny thing. Um, in my trial, my grandma had called me one day and she goes, she's like, let me read you this story out of Reader's Digest. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, let's read a story. All right. I, I hope this like helps me or something because I'm a little bit desperate, you know, and <laughs> she reads me this like cute little story about this lady that was passing like um just like a field, right? The kids are playing and she saw the scoreboard, um, a baseball game. And, um, it appeared like, you know, the team was getting smoked and the lady said, Oh, you guys are really having a hard time. And the little girl turns to her and says, we haven't even went up to bat yet. And so my grandma was like, listen, you haven't even gotten to speak yet. And your case hasn't been put on yet. What are you like? We're not calibrating off of this. We haven't even had our turn yet. Wow. I love that. That is so good. And again, it has to do with the perspective. And Rachel, you and I did a video last week or the week before uh, where we talked about how do not let like what somebody else is doing, do not allow that to shift what you're doing, right? Somebody else can be doing all the things over here. Who cares? Let them do that. That's exposing their character. Let let the times when you're not doing anything speak to your character just as much as it, it is when you are doing something. And don't, you, you standing in there when things are hard is part of the test of character, you know? Now all these things look terrible for me. It looks it looks bad for me. It looks like I'm losing this situation. You're the one who determines if you lose or not. It, when you withdraw is when you is is up to you, right? And so what if you stay in there and it's like, nope, I'm waiting for my turn. I'm waiting for my I'm waiting for the actual thing. I'm not leaving during the test. I'm not or, or the warm up to the test. I'm staying here through the entire thing. Half of it is literally just about tenacity. You know, I mean, Absolutely. so many people would have a different outcome if they were willing to stay in the fire. Yeah, standing in the gap is is a huge thing, right? We're also raising up a standard when we when we're standing still in that moment so and we're good. standing firm. Yes, that's so good, Rachel. Justin, how would you summarize this? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I have so many thoughts. I'm still wondering why you're not in the WNBA um, with your uh, extremely tall height. <laughs> uh, the same yeah. reason I'm wondering I'm not, why well, I'm not in the NBA. Um, so, uh, you know, th there, there's a great price to pay for any level of authority, for any, any level of victory. But the reality is this. Um, the only failure that we really have, the only way that we will not succeed, as long as our heart's in alignment with the Lord, the only way that we will not succeed is if we don't fight. Um, 
I've seen football teams lose, not because the other team was better, but because the other team got in their head before the game ever started. I've seen uh, MMA fighters lose, not because the other fighter was better, but because they got into their head before the fight ever began. Uh, you can actually see a lot of times, if you're aware enough to, to look in the eyes, uh, you can see when a, when a fighter gets into the head of another fighter. And this is why they do all these gimmicks before a fight, all the promos where they get in each other's faces and they talk trash and all this. Uh, they're trying to intimidate. They're trying to mentally break the other person. And you can see when someone is truly confident and you can see when someone is insecure. Uh, and an insecure uh, fighter, um, when they get in there, they can be uh, bullied in that moment and they can give up in their own mind and then when they go to fight, they don't give 100% because they've already made up in their mind that they're going to lose. And um, we need to stop making up our mind that we're going to lose. We're gonna, we need to stop making up our mind that just because uh, things have gone a certain way up to this point doesn't mean that that's the way they're going to continue to go. It was Thomas Edison that after uh, over 9,000 attempts to make a, a light bulb, they said, are you a failure? He says, no, I'm a complete success. Uh, I know over 9,000 ways that do not work, and eventually I will find the one that does. Um, so we, our perseverance, uh, humility, perseverance, aligning our heart and understanding that, that every failure, setback, uh, disappointment, all these things are part of that printing process um, that, that is taking us to where we're going. And I want to repeat a, a statement that you made a while ago, uh, Angel, um, and, and I may be misquoting you. If you don't like the fruit, change what you're planting. Um, and I will say this, this is a great season of reaping. Um, there's been multiple times recently uh, that, that I've heard the phrase years and years. Uh, and then um, Angel actually uh, messaged me uh, recently with a dream that she had had. Uh, and that was part of the dream was years and years. I love that phrase, but that phrase is neither good nor bad. The phrase, it just means years and years. But what's happening right now is we're at a time uh, of a great reaping of what we've planted. And it's years and years of the things that have been planted about to be reaped. And that's either good seed or bad seed. Uh, so if you don't like what you're planting or, or what you're reaping, uh, change what you're planting. Um, don't, don't plant doubt. Don't plant negativity. Don't matter of fact, I will tell you this. I would encourage you to stay away from everything negative. I would encourage you to stay away from strife, stay away from contention. This is a time where the enemy is trying to bait people into, uh, needless battles. Uh, now there are some battles that, that we just can't avoid. There are sometimes the enemy's trying to run over and we have to stand in those moments. Um, but when the, the enemy is trying to bait us into frivolous battles, it is strictly to distract, uh, and to pull us away like Sambalot and Tobiah. Um, and this is a time that we have the opportunity to walk in a level of authority that surpasses anything that we have walked in, in, in previous times. Um, but we have to be aware of the strategies of the schemes of the enemy uh, to avoid those, those battles. So years and years, it's a good time. Wow. Yeah. I really love that. I really love that phrase years and years. It's, 
years and years of maybe seeing no harvest remember i said like everybody gets pruned everybody is getting cut away that process isn't getting um we're not shortcutting that for anybody and instantly you know i, I truly there's going to be people who are going to bed one way and waking up completely different because it's the it's the harvest and what we think happened overnight was actually years and years years and years of planting and it was harvested overnight right but that doesn't take away from the fact that like and that's actually what happens in the natural right we we plant the seed and we take care of the crop the whole summertime we're taking care of it and then what happens overnight we harvest it and that's exactly what's happening i love that word that's such a good word justin yeah, that's a very powerful word. Uh, I actually have a, a very close friend of mine who is a farmer. And mm. I mean, I thought I knew the farming process, but I, I learn more every time I talk to him. And there's so many things that go into farming. Uh, it's the pH balance of the soil. It's the, uh, there's so much that they have to uh, watch over. Uh, he told me um, the other day, that he could use a different kind of fertilizer but if he did then he's going to have a great expense uh, of another chemical that he would have to use to balance out uh, the the ph balance uh, in, in the soil otherwise it would produce a bad crop and so we have to understand that there's so many variables that come in here and we need to cultivate our land uh, very cautiously and carefully and not allow any poison um, uh, of the enemy to come in, you know, it's the same way with our bodies. Um, you know, if you do not, uh, eat right, then you're opening the door for different things to come into your body. And, um, you know, there's a lot out there, uh, that can come in and all of it correlates back to the spirit. So be careful what your soil yeah. consists of. Yeah, that is so good, Justin. And even in that story about the farmer, it's a reminder of like, taking a you you have to take a constant account of what's going on it's not like nope field's good soil's good seeds good planting it done no it's a constant account of like what is actually going on what did i allow because actually there's story and the word says that it was in the nighttime when everybody was asleep that a thief came and he sowed bad seed into the ground and so you wouldn't know that if you weren't keeping account of it you know, you wouldn't even know that, hey, there was some tears sewed among the sweet if you weren't taking account of it, you know, on on a regular basis. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. People sometimes think that farmers work twice a year. They, they work in the spring and they work in the fall. Uh, they plant their seed and they go harvest. Farmers work all the time. Um, mm. They they keep mm. a check so on yeah. their fields during the winter, mm. uh, even though they can't actually get out there on that. They they. Uh, are keeping a check on the condition of their fields. They are keeping their equipment up uh, so that when uh, they do start up, that everything does start. Um, and then the whole time after planting, they have to constantly uh, water, they have to irrigate, they have to pump in uh, water to their fields. They have to go through and remove weeds. They, uh, there's so much work that goes into it all the way through harvest. Um, and we need to understand the same thing. Uh, it is a constant daily cultivating uh, over our own spiritual walks, over mm -hmm. our authority, over our minds, mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. our emotions. Matter of fact, we need to get our emotions into check. We need to govern these emotions. 
either you're going to be governed by your emotions or you're going to govern over your emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, and that has a lot to do with our spiritual authority. That's so good. And that goes back to the thing that you were talking about earlier, where there's no neutral ground. You're moving forward or you're moving backwards. Something somewhere is governing every part of your life. There's nothing yes. that's like, oh, no man's land. No, it's being governed by a <laughs> spiritual authority. You have to, it's your, it's your decision. What? what authority is governing it you know what law what principle is governing it what spirit is governing it um so i i think that's really a, a good point too well do you guys have anything else you want to add before we close rachel i just want to say one last thing um we talked a lot about giants and justin has an amazing series out on the giants yeah. that goes in depth on that i mm -hmm. have it pinned on my pinterest but i think we should pin it in this video um, because I direct people there all the time for spiritual empowerment. I mean, it's, it is a super good study. And then another sermon I would love to drop in this, um, underneath this video is, um, he did a sermon, I think it was maybe a two part series. Um, you can correct me, Justin, but it was on something Don Treader. Do you remember that? Do you remember? Preaching yes. That, that needs Vaguely, to go down yeah. here. We didn't get to. <laughs> We didn't get to get into like worship and how worship is a mm. warship and mm. you, you, that was a powerful sermon. So let's link it here for people. Absolutely. We'll put that in the description of this video as soon as we're done here so that you guys can go and check that out. And, um, I too send everybody to go watch that sermon on the giants. It, it, the revelation to why you're feeling stuck or why you, you feel like you can't move forward is so profound in those videos. And, the, and because if you don't know what you're fighting, how are you fighting it? Right? Like if you don't know what's going on, like, how are you developing a plan to overcome it? You can't, it's impossible. You're not, you're just throwing stuff out there and see like Did that work, Did that work. There's a smarter way to do it. And Justin's, um, sermon, or it's a teaching series on the, on the giants is so good. Um, uh, I literally just sent somebody there yesterday. So yes, absolutely. Let's put those, I'll put them in the description of this video as soon as we're done. Um, Justin, do you have anything you want to close out with? Yeah. One thing, um, the last season warfare was different than this season. Um, something has shifted recently with the warfare and, and the, the, the giants really are where it's at because last, uh, season was a defensive warfare where we were defending what we had and trying not to lose. But something shifted um, at the end of 2021 and coming into 2022. We're now in a, uh, a time, an era uh, of possessing new territory. We are not defending what we already have. We're taking what we have not had. Uh, mm -hmm. We're taking the promise and that's what it is. That's why the warfare is increased. We're actually fighting those giants and we're uh, slaying those giants and possessing the land. That's why it's so important that we understand our authority. Mm, wow, that is so good. Yeah, and you're, I think it was this past Sunday, maybe it was the Sunday before you had talked about that. Or no, it was your podcast. It was the podcast that you did Friday, wasn't it? Where you had talked about Jezebel. <laughs> okay, mo oh, okay, yeah. Yes, and it was, yes, that's so good. That's so powerful. And like the old, um, the old methods aren't going to work now because we're fighting two different things, right? Which is again, like knowing what you're doing, you know, knowing the perspective and the timing and all of that stuff is, is so important in developing authority because you could be trying to develop one part of your authority over here, but it's not the time for that. We're not doing that right now. We're doing something else. And if you don't know that you're going to, you're going to just do what you know to do, right? Which, which can keep you again, stuck feeling like you're not moving around. 
So I it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yes, I love that. So that's so good. Okay, we'll have the links to all of those things in the description of this video as soon as we're done here. Um, and you guys, thank you so much for joining us. I hope that this uh, this uh, pod, or this video that we did today has really helped you understand not only where you are, but maybe you know somebody who needs to watch this video, who needs to kind of understand why certain things aren't shifting or aren't moving um, in their lives and that there is an answer. There's always a solution to every single problem that, that we face and, and really knowing how to use authority, how to step into it and then how to utilize it is going to help break those things off of, off of those people. So please share this video if, if that uh, fits the description of somebody that you know. Otherwise, Rachel and Justin, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, I look forward to doing it again soon. Yes, thank you. And me too. All right. Thanks again, you guys. We'll see you next time.